Welcome to another edition of Frame FM. Hello, Max. How are you today? Too bad. Okay. Too bad. Second day of support driven here in lovely Philadelphia. This great venue, a great night, and back to work today. We're really happy to have Declan here. Declan Ivory is the vice president of support at at Intercom, the AI customer service solution, and a tool that helps companies connect with customers and users. Hello, Declan. Hello, Davis. Thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Good. Thank you. Can you just explain to the audience on who is Intercom? So very kind of short history, Intercom was founded back in 2011 in Ireland, then headquartered to the US, very much had this mantra, wanted to make a business personal on the internet or make internet business personal, very focused on customer engagement. And it's kind of evolved now to be an AI first customer service platform that really provides a seamless experience between automated and human support and is really trying to you know, drive the ability to provide personalize the contextual support uh, for customers. Uh, great time to be in the business, I, I guess, today. And and just the, the preference of your, yourself, your experience you know, in support is is quite remarkable with Tableau, with Google, with AWS. You know, and you started you started years ago, like 11, 12 years at a telecom company, a mobile telecom company in Ireland. Correct. Is that correct? And that that's is great. You're, you're based. Correct. I'm based in Ireland and I always have been. Yeah. yeah, that's lovely. You can teach me about the great beer that you, that you guys have. I mean, it's definitely got to be interesting to you because you were coming from a point where you were using a lot of these different tools that are out there in the support space. Yeah. And all of a sudden you have to represent those tools to that like same community. Like, Absolutely. You know, yeah. Yeah. And it was one of the attractions of coming to work for Intercom because I get to use the technology that our customers use. And that's quite an interesting space yeah. to be in as a support leader. You kind of have to eat your own dog food. Absolutely, yeah. That's a terrible expression. I hate you. <laughs> or drink your own champagne. Much better. I'm thinking about when you were on stage talking, and, and you said something, and I'm not going to grab the quote, but I'm going to just, just summarize what you said. You said that innovation, technology has advanced so much over the years, yeah. but yet support hasn't. Correct. Yeah. Talk about that. Okay, so you think about the basic process of support. It hasn't really changed in decades, right? No. You know, I think about those days back in the telco. The same support problems were around, you know, several decades ago that are around today. And even though technology has been applied in that you have new channels, like for internet and yeah. chat, et cetera, by and large, the process of support hasn't really fundamentally changed. Right? And that's what I'm kind of meant by the comment. And it's been a source of frustration for me. Because maybe five, six years ago, particularly working for Amazon Web Services, I could really see the potential of AI and, and where it was going. And I had all these, at the time, crazy ideas around how we could use this technology. And all the data scientists kept telling me, no, no, we're kind of five, six years away from when this will be really mature. And I was kind of saying, oh, they're very conservative. You know, I'm sure it'll happen more quickly than that. And the reality is it didn't happen more quickly than that. And it's really only over the last few months that we're really seeing that shift in the technology where it's becoming, I think, powerful, reliable enough that we can actually genuinely think about transforming how support. Was that frustrating to you over the where in status quo? Is that one of the reasons why you made the move to Intercom, where is totally paving the way and, and playing offense when it comes to innovating and giving the solutions to the customers to be more proactive, but more importantly, 
Wow, the experience, the customer experience. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it was a source of frustration. And when the opportunity came to talk to Intercom, and I really got to understand a lot about their heritage, but more importantly, their strategy, the innovation they were trying to drive, You know, how they really viewed technology and the way it could be applied. It actually became the easiest career change decision that I've had to make in the many decades that I've been involved in technology. Like, I was really excited about taking on the opportunity with Intercom because of the innovation and the focus on really driving you know, true transformation and support, which, as I say, been a little bit frustrated by for a number of years because, yeah. you know, everyone else was applying technology and changing how things were done, but the support community or support world were just very slow. And, and it seems like within hours after generative AI and ChatGPT became a real thing with consumers yeah. using you guys kind of a remarkable solution. Correct. Like, I mean, we, we have been using machine learning the art of AI for quite some time in your product. So to that we were well primed, but we began to realize ChatGPT, you know, we very quickly built a set of what we call AI in the inbox features, the so features that you know agents can use, whether it's to do kind of conversation summaries, et cetera, or change the tone of a conversation you know, depending on the audience. So we produced those features you know, quite quickly. My team were heavily involved in testing them, which was great. Like all my team loved that, the, the fact that they got this new technology. And then obviously we saw the potential of and, and what and literally like, with an hour GPT-4 being launched, we actually launched our new uh, AI bot called Thin, you know, which will basically use GPT-4 as an engine, but will use customers' help center information to really kind of generate answers and solve issues for customers. Yeah, we moved quickly, but we were well-placed. Yeah. We already had a very core machine learning capability and functionality within our product. What's been your role in evangelizing this like out in the market? Like you being the support leader for a support company, yeah. how have you kind of gotten personally involved in this launch? Internally in the launch, it's been kind of testing the technology. You know, so again, like we get, we're asked quite early on, like, could you actually test this new AI button? Oh yeah, but I'm more than happy to test it. Yeah. Uh, and again, we have to move quite quickly because this is moving at, at quite some speed. But I was really you know, delighted that we could actually test the technology. We could provide feedback that ultimately helped shape the product as well. So from that point of view, you know, it was evangelizing internally around here's what worked well, here's what didn't work well, and I think our product team iterated based on the feedback. So being able to provide that feedback early on in the product lifecycle was amazing. I see it actually factored into the, the product that we ultimately launched was, was amazing as well. What's been the feedback so far? So you have two sides of feedback. You have your customers already that could implement it within seconds, yeah. um, you know, which is which is a, a huge plus. Yeah. And then you have new customers, you know, and, and, and perhaps it, it gives you a very big competitive edge. But Tell, tell us the story about both yeah. So we're still at the stage where it's not generally available yet. So we're still in this kind of beta process and we still have kind of a wait list of customers who are looking to take on the technology. But any customers who have had the opportunity to use it today, the feedback has been reasonably positive. It's like everything, you know, there's no perfect technology out there uh, at the end of the day. But That's why support exists. Exactly, why yeah. support exists. But I mean, I think you had a, a very key point here. You can literally implement it straight away. Once you have a health center, there is no kind of hard graft in terms of getting this technology working. And I think the, it's not so much a challenge, but the opportunity is that you can optimize it. So you get a certain kind of flexion out of the box with this technology, but then when you think about optimizing, and I touched on that in, in the presentation area, like this whole concept of designing conversations from start to finish with customers, like not just relying on a very simple kind of approach with customers, you actually think quite carefully and what's the word I'm looking for the words escaping but you're thinking quite carefully about what is the actual customer experience whether it's yeah. dealing with AI whether it's dealing with a human you know are we making sure that it's seamless are we making sure that bot technology and the human technology is access to the customer context so, the yeah. personalization 
one of the things you wrote about earlier this year, you wrote a great piece you know, about the importance of customer support to business and, and to grow. And, and I'm sure this you're, you're keeping the, the happy customers as a KPI and the engaged customers and and customers who renew, obviously, and when signing up, and also customers that provide feedback is going to be really important when you introduce something like this. Absolutely. So I'm yeah. sure you're keeping those those very very close to you as you're as you're growing these new type of AI type of technologies. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a key point. Like getting customer feedback is, is critical. You know, it's always been critical support, but I actually think it's more critical in the whole AI world because. At the human support lab, you have opportunities to use quality assurance processes. You can get a sense of, has it been a good experience? Has it not been a good experience? Yeah. So how do we get the same feedback in an AI world where it's all automated? You know, you don't necessarily have the opportunity to get the customer feedback, et cetera. That's really, I've never even thought. Yeah. So it's just one of the challenges. And uh, it's interesting because it's a, it's a nice problem to have to try and solve. Like, how can you actually determine that it was a positive experience for the yeah. customer versus you know, maybe it wasn't quite as good as it needs to be. And that's where I think, yeah, technology, you, you kind of fire it up, works, but over time you got to tune it. You got to make sure it's got access to the right knowledge. All of a sudden you don't have that same lens anymore. That That's that's yeah. really, I, I guess that's a challenge that I'd not even considered. Yeah. And that's why, you know, if it's integrated with the whole ecosystem that you have around how you manage your customer interactions, that makes it a lot easier to manage yeah. that. Whereas if you just try to add it on as a bolt-on, it's, yeah. it, it's more difficult. It's kind of almost like a, an island of technology in its own right. Whereas our philosophy has around, let's, you know, incorporate and integrate it with the full ecosystem. It's be deliberate about kind of yeah. getting that information out and yeah. evaluating it in a way that's like, it's probably a new motion for most support teams when you're looking at that. Absolutely. I mean, I think there's a whole lot of new uh, activities that emerge once you have AI in, in the process, you know, in terms of how you manage your support operations, how you track them, measure them, et cetera. And it's exciting because they're all new problems solved. You know, I could, you could make the argument today, customer happiness, engagement, loyalty, are influenced by far more than any other function in the business is support. Yeah, 100%. Is that, is that fair? I think that's very fair for, for the vast majority of industries, yeah. You know, because like you can't, having the best product is not good enough any longer. You have to have the best product and the best support. Like you want to be considered a market leader, you want to be considered you know, someone who's really kind of been innovative. It's not just about the product features and capabilities. They're fundamental and important, but if you can't demonstrate that you can support that, you know, it won't be the market leader. Yeah. I think about a company that's trying to push, you know, the best customer service platform in, in the market, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we have to offer the best customer support at, at the same time, right? right? You know, and many industries are in a similar situation that you really have to think about support. Well, I mean, I think that's that's also like, you know, we have this legacy you're talking about, like, hasn't changed much, like this legacy feeling of like efficiency being the end all be all when it comes to, because it's, it's from the customer service side of things. And as things have moved into customer support, this focus on like the customer experience has been new, but it's been it's a different lens to put on it. I agree, and I think when people think about AI in particular, they tend to look at it from an efficiency point of view. Oh, I can drive huge efficiencies in the business yeah. if I apply AI. Yes, you will, but you'll actually drive a much better customer experience. And to your point about loyalty and retaining value, you want to make people feel more, more valued, you know, appreciated, and listened to and heard, essentially, you know, because that makes a great customer experience. So exactly. if you can help you. But on the other side, if it could allow employees to be more productive, they're going to be happier. And there's still a human element in this whole thing. Is, yeah. You know, we can never forget like, how important us humans are, right? You know, this, is, <laughs> this is like, we ain't going anywhere. Yeah, it's a really good point of the support team as well. You know, people say, well, it's going to do away with support jobs. It'll change the nature of support jobs, but in a positive way. 
like you know support people don't like to have to solve the same problem day in day out where it's a very simple response and if you're taking all that kind of low-hanging fruit out and managing it through automation ai and you're really making sure that your human agents or human support team they're really focused on adding value to the customer like it's where empathy is required subject matter expert is required you know they can do the trust this conference is a great example like you get a certain type of person support that's there they want to solve problems they want to help people in a way that like is constructive. They're not there to do password resets. They yeah, will, exactly. but like that can't be the end all be all of their interaction with the customer if they're going to be uh, kind of fulfilled in their job. Exactly. And this new world, you know, they have to build the knowledge that AI will work off, yeah. right? You know, so again, there's, you know, a whole focus now on knowledge management. You know, again, tapping into people's tribal knowledge, as I think we mentioned a couple of times, making sure that we're making that available to, you know, to the AI world. And that's, again, it's a new motion for our support teams, uh, but it's a positive one. Like, ultimately, they will get much better work to do at the end of the yeah. day. And new roles will evolve, as I mentioned earlier, this whole concept of, you know, conversation designers are even a, a much sharper focus on quality assurance because you're quality assuring the customer experience, not just the agent performance. So it's a kind of new world in terms of how you manage and operate a support team that is really exciting. Like, I mean, I think I mentioned someone like I've been 35 years in technology. Uh, in January 2023, I woke up with much more excitement than I have in my entire career because of what's happening in the space and because of, you know, these technology advances. And it keeps you young, right? It keeps you young working with young people, learning from them, you know, and, and, and you obviously with all your experience. This is, this is my whole career. I've always been person, you know, in the room. And I like that. You know, it's quite remarkable. Where do you see um, in the next couple of years? Like, how how do you see it evolving in this ecosystem? Uh, a really good question. I think, you know, ecosystem is, is a good word. I mean, you know, we have aspirations, you know, to, to be a, a customer service platform that, that customers can use to really deliver value to, to their customers and have an AI first or automation driven, like that's our kind of philosophy. So I can see, you know, building on the technology, I say it's in its infancy, like this is the good thing as well. Like, you know, there's been a lot of advances in the last few months, but it still is in its infancy. And I think one of the reasons why I was attracted to Intercom, it's, you know, there's great thought leadership within the product teams in particular, they really think outside the box around how can we apply this technology. And I just see that evolving over the next few years. And the original CEO for I think founder left and came back. Is that yeah, so one of the founders was CEO, moved out for a couple of years. He has moved back at the late last year. That's great. It shows a lot. They they're rolling up their sleeves, and uh, I can imagine the culture at Intercom is phenomenal. Yeah, I mean it, it is a great culture because you know company moves at speed. Uh, you know, there's yeah. very uh, high standards that we want to hold ourselves to, and, and you know, lots of innovation is part of the culture as well. You can fail. No one really makes progress without failing. Right. And the important thing is to make sure you learn from it and build on it. And I just love the agility that that is part of the culture at Intercom. As a support leader, what KPIs are you really keying in on? And how has yeah. that changed over time? Yeah. You know, with the uncertain economy and such like that. Yeah. It's a really good question. And back to my kind of frustrations earlier around, you know, things haven't evolved. KPIs haven't evolved a whole lot in support. Like it's still around first response times, customer satisfaction average handle times, like there's still a lot of the same metrics. But for me, ultimately, it's around some form of, is is a customer happy? Have you resolved the problem for a customer in a way they're satisfied with the experience? And, you know, I think particularly with the application of AI and some of the advances there, we have the ability now to understand the customer experience for every single interaction that the customer has. And I think that's a game-changing because today we're all working off, well, you know, X percent of your customers are giving me a CSAT response yeah. and, you know, 
here's the trend, uh, et cetera, you know, you can do a certain amount based on that. But imagine being able to really understand the customer experience for every single interaction. Listen in real time and listen to In real time, yeah. exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, like even simple things, I, I know this has been around for a while, but not everyone is using it. Like even being able to get a sentiment score for a conversation that you have with a customer and understand how that sentiment is trending through the course of a conversation. Because that can be a trigger to say, hey, I need to escalate. And then you can attribute it to a specific thing that's driving it in the conversation. Yeah. It's like, I do care about how my customers are feeling, but I want to know what they're feeling about. Exactly, what's driving that yeah. sentiment, yeah. And that's where you get the application of AI in terms of managing support. Mm -hmm. Again, we haven't even really spoken about that. Like we focus a lot on customer experience, support agent experience, but the whole management process is going to change based on AI. Well, I mean, I, what I like about what you guys are doing is essentially you're look, they're look, you guys are looking at your support team as your R and D almost in some way. Like you are contributing to that part of the process, and I think a lot of teams can do that. It's it's a good point. Like I, I actually feel like I'm a partner with the R and D team, you know, and it's something I haven't really felt in other organizations where I've been running support teams, mm -hmm. whereas. Like, engineers and product designers, they really want to understand how we're using the product, what we think about, you know, what they're building. Like we've, we have far more influence on the roadmap at Intercom than I would have had on the roadmap at any other support organization that I worked for. Does support these days have a bigger voice in an organization? When I say bigger voice, I'm saying to the C-suite. I think so. I mean, I think everyone's beginning to really understand that customer experience is important, you know, and to your point around retention and loyalty and, yeah. you know, being able to renew customers. Yeah, and that's why, you know, customer success teams have evolved, customer experience yeah. officers have, have become a thing. You know, I think, yeah, you know, support or customer service has a much stronger voice. And I think part of the challenge has always been around how can you demonstrate the value that the support process is actually delivering to customers? They're frontline. They really are. Yeah. They're, they're... That resource has always been available. And whether or not, like, I think Kinsey Clark said it in his side, like, you have a voice for customer. They're telling you all the time inside of your support tickets. How you listen to that is up to you. Yeah, and also, how do you then articulate that in a way that the rest of the organization can take action on it? And I think that's where application te technology will help. Like, yeah. we'll be able to yeah. do very deep, targeted conversation analysis using right. AI. We'll be able to pick, yeah. pick out the trend. Tell that story internally exactly. and what the value is. Yeah. And, and more importantly, things that you optimize or tweak and what was the value of that because you did that. Do you find yourself collaborating more with certain people that you didn't before the uncertainty of the economy happened, like the CFO or, <laughs> or other leaders? Yeah, I've always engaged with, with the, the CFO in any organization I've been involved in. It probably has a slightly sharper focus now, but like in 35 years in the industry, I've lived through multiple recessions, right? So yeah. I, I kind of understand, yeah, there are times where you do need to really double down on the cost. Excuse me, guys, or girls, not your checks, right? Absolutely. So, yeah, it's probably a little sharper relationship now than, than it might have been. But, you know, at the end of the day, support, whatever you look at it, it drives value, but there's still a cost in delivering it. And you've got to focus on the cost of your true leader. Like, you know, it's just one of the one element of the equation of, of how you deliver so I don't see it that it's radically different just because we have recessionary trends. Yeah. We were joking about that. It was like supports always had to care about their costs. Like that's not like be new to like sales and marketing on yeah. some way, but like this has been true the whole time. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, Intercom is doing something very right. Your investors, you know, speak loudly of Google Ventures. You have Kleiner Perkins, Mary Mika on top of that, who's like the queen. You know, everybody knows who Mary Mika is. And then you have like early on in like 2016 at Zuckerberg, you know, that started supporting you early on and Dorsey and Butterfield from Slack and a host of other, just the best institutions. So it's nice to see, you know, companies like Intercom might, one might say is a crowded space, but not so, but by the, 
by the big Goliaths where you're holding your own and, and continuing to grow. Yeah. I think mean, it's really about, you know, establishing thought leadership in that space. Yeah. You know, and I think that's where we're going to come in. That's what our aspiration is, is to be thought leaders in, in this segment. Uh, again, and really kind of demonstrate innovation. I think we've demonstrated a lot in our history. I think, you know, our ability to move quickly around right. advances in AI is just another demonstration of that agility and, and that focus on driving innovation. So from that point of view, yeah, it's a very exciting place for me to work in. It, you know, as I run the support team for a company like Intercom is probably one of the best jobs I've had in my career. Solving problems you want to solve with people you want to solve them with. Exactly. And using technology that's really being pushed at a very fast pace, you know, really embracing innovation and the new kind of technical advances, particularly around AI and machine learning. Your, your passion is infectious, you could tell. So I, I could imagine your team, you know, has, has just as much passion as, as you. You seem like the type of person that won't say, will never say no and say, like, let's figure this out, yeah. right? Because there's very complex problems. One thing I have a question on for you. Tell me something that your coworkers might not know about you. You know, like like a hobby or another passion outside of enterprise software. You mean there is a world? There is a world. <laughs> you know, you have two kids. You know, you have uh, you know, no, you, no, I have seven kids. Oh, you have seven kids. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh wow. I'm one of six kids, so I, okay, I, I get that. Yeah, you understand. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I probably have two passions. First is rugby football. So I'm a big rugby fan. Who's your team? Ireland. Oh, okay. uh, or locally, yeah, it's well, Leicester in terms of provincial, but Ireland in terms of national team. And Ireland are ranked number one in the world, and we're going to the World Cup year. So I've, yeah. I've kind of great aspirations. But the other big passion that I have is I don't know if you've heard of the Camino de Santiago. So it's a walk in the north of Spain. Basically, it's, it's following the footsteps of St. James, the mm -hmm. Apostle, and you know, his remains are meant to be in the cathedral and in Santiago de, de Campocello. So there's various routes in there, like the French route, the English route, the Portuguese route. So I've been there about six times doing various segments of it. And that's a passion I have. Like, I, I like to, I'm due to plan another trip there. Uh, I like to get there probably at least every two years at a minimum. Kind of center yourself. Yeah, because it's so different. Like, you know, you're just walking for days on end. You can forget about kind of, uh, you know, the, the normal day-to-day -day stuff. You're interacting with people in a different way. Everyone has their story on the walk as well, like different motivations as to why they undertook it. So it's always an intriguing experience, you know, and, and you get to sample some great food, great wine. Spain does it pretty good. Yeah. It seems like life is good when you do that. Absolutely. So that's my other passion. And in fact, when I retire, I wouldn't mind being a guide on the Camino in some way. Don't know exactly yeah, I, what that is. I don't work. think you're retiring. Then. Probably not. <laughs> not with all those kids. No. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much today. You know, it's been nice getting to know you over the past couple of days. And, uh, I look forward to more of a relationship with you and keeping in touch. Yeah, and, I can't uh, see what the intercom does next. Yeah. I mean, Likewise, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. <laughs> so am I. I'm going to be yeah. watching them really carefully. Well, thank you very much, and uh, enjoy the rest of the time you have thank here in the States. Thank you very much. Uh, cheers. Thank you.